Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. This teaching is from the series, The Advent Promise. This year, in celebration of Advent, we will be focusing on some aspect of the giving and fulfillment of God's promise to redeem and restore from the fall and its effects. I'm going to begin tonight by actually reading Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20, which is uh, probably the most famous of the Christmas uh, text. So I encourage you to hear God's word as I read it to us. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I again want to welcome everyone here. We are grateful for everybody that's come out to, to worship tonight. And if you are a guest, I'm going to catch you up a little bit on what we've been focusing on as a church. We've been talking about God's Advent promise all month long. We've looked at God's promise to send Jesus. And that's a story that actually goes all the way back to the very dawn of humanity. Right after our fall, God made a promise that he was going to send one to work salvation for us. And all of the rest of scripture is the unfolding of that promise. And as God's promises often are, it seemed to be delayed, and at times it seemed to be derailed. The people found themselves full of disappointment and doubt, and it it seemed to be in question whether God was actually going to fulfill everything that he had promised. But tonight we gather together at the end of Advent and the beginning of Christmas to celebrate because God, in fact, did keep his promise. 
We wouldn't be doing this tonight if God had not fulfilled his promise by sending the Lord Jesus to come and save us. And as Bobby read in the text earlier tonight, Jesus came to save us from our sin and to restore us to God. So the question I just want to, to meditate on for just a few minutes tonight is, how do we receive the fulfillment of the promise? We've talked about that the promise was given, the promise was delayed, the promise seemed to even be endangered and in doubt, and then God fulfills it. Well, how do you and I receive that promise? What does God actually expect out of us? He did not expect us to do anything to work our salvation. How do we receive the promise that he has given, the salvation that he's given? Um, there's about four basic things that come out in the text here, and I'll just talk about each of them briefly. First, we should receive the promise with joy. Notice in, uh, in Scripture there in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel says to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The, the word good news there is actually the word that we sometimes use, gospel, is all it is. It's actually the word for gospel. And it's easy for us to forget sometimes. And sometimes Christians are the worst at appearing to be people of joy. And that's to our sorrow. It should not be that way. Nobody has more reason for joy than those who understand that Jesus has come and has worked salvation for us and that we need no longer fear. We do not have to fear God's word coming to us. We do not have to fear judgment any longer. We don't even have to fear the effects of our sin. The fulfillment of God's promise to come and save us is good news. And we should respond with joy. When we consider, and again, we have to understand the gospel. What the scripture has unfolded for us is that you and I were cut off from God. We were under his righteous wrath for sin. We deserved all of that. And then against all the odds, Jesus comes and he saves us from our sin. And he saves us from the wrath of God so that we are now under God's full blessing. If you are here and you are a believer, God in no way, shape, or form at any moment holds you at arm's length. He in no way, shape, or form at any moment has anything other than complete and utter joy in you, in his son. That is the good news for us. And if we understand this, it produces joy. Secondly, we should respond to the promise in faith. God always calls for us to respond in faith. And notice in Luke 2.15, we're told, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, we can go by that pretty quickly and easily, but I suspect many of us today, if we were out in the field and unexpectedly these angels pop out and they tell us something, we tend to want to form a committee. We want to talk about it, and I'll research it, and I'll think about it. What the shepherds did is, hey, they told us that the Messiah has come. It's been thousands of years. Nobody else around believes this is happening right now, but God said that it's happening, and therefore, we're going to believe it, and we are going to act on it. And notice, their faith prompts action. Faith always produces works. It's not just mere intellectual assent. They didn't just say, well... I believe that the Messiah was born. I believe that he's there in that town somewhere. He must be laying in a manger. After all, that's what they told us. What they actually do is they say, well, if that's true, we were told to get up and go find him, so we're gonna get up and we are going to go find him. Faith 
always leads to a wholehearted reception and our mind and our will go to action. And if they had simply returned to shepherding, what that meant is they didn't actually believe. But because they did believe, they embrace it and they go there. And so I encourage every one of us tonight, this Christmas story, it's so familiar to us. It was, it was new to them. They had never heard this before. They weren't expecting this. We hear it. We talk about it every year. We're now at the end of a month-long time where you can go to the mall or wherever else and you hear Christmas carols. And this story is very, very familiar to us. But that familiarity doesn't make it any less true. What we're talking about, and I want to be clear about this, this is not just, uh, you know, some, I, I watched a thing the other day and it was talking about faith and it said, you know, basically in essence, faith is a blind leap into the dark. Faith is, you know, well, there is no evidence. That is not what the scripture means by faith at all. The scripture means that we believe this because it's actually true. My, my, my degree my undergraduate degree was history. The Bible claim is this is true the same way it's true that Caesar crossed the Rubicon. The same way it's true that near Christmas time a few hundred years ago, George Washington got in a boat and went across with some soldiers and did a surprise raid. It's a historical event. And the scripture calls us to respond to that actual event that God did send his son into this earth to work salvation for us, that we respond to that with faith. And if we have joy and if we have faith, the third thing that flows out of it is we receive the promise with praise to God. Notice what the angels are doing. We're told twice in this passage, this is a dominant theme here, that uh, in verse 13 and 14, suddenly there's a great host of angels uh, appear with the other angel and they're praising God and they're saying glory to God in the highest. And in verse 20, we read the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. Kind of as bookends there, we hear about bringing glory to God and praise to God. The angels delivering the news praise God and they call and they say, this ought to be glory to God for everyone. And the shepherds respond to everything at the end of the story with praise and glory to God. Because if we understand again what this is about, it's not just a little child born and lying in a manger, and we're going to sing some little hymns, and some people will do some living nativities. This is the fulfillment of God's promise to crush the serpent, to deliver us from Satan and sin, to bring us to himself. And if we understand that, there is no other response than praise and glory to God. I was cut off from God. I'm now his child. I was under curse. I now live under blessing. Formerly, I didn't know God. I had no hope. Now I'm the child of God, and I have every reason to hope. And before, I was actually under Satan and fearing death, and now I am told that there will be eternal life. If I understand all of that, it has to produce joy and faith and glory and praise to God. And then the last thing that they do is they receive the promise and they pass it on. Notice in verse 17, we read that when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And this again, if you think about what they're being told, this isn't just the birth of any child. They're told what you all have heard about your whole lives, what you've been waiting for, what people have longed for 
for thousands of years, and, and many of you are beginning to wonder if it was ever going to happen. We're telling you it has happened, and you're going to get to be the first eyewitnesses to it. Put yourself in that place. How many of you think you would go and see and then say, okay, we're going to go back. Who's got the night watch watching the sheep? It's not how you're going to respond. What you immediately want to do is you receive the promise and then you tell other people about it. How many of you have ever had the experience when something really, really good happens to you? What's the first thing you want to do? You want to tell somebody else. I mean, it's so hard to have something good happen. If you, if you ever know, uh, you know, I've, I've been through uh, a couple of times now in the Facebook age where my children will tell me something good that has happened, but I'm not allowed to tell anybody until it becomes like Facebook official and all that kind of silly stuff, right? Y'all know what that is. Whether it's engagement or a child's going to come or whatever else, how hard is that to keep it inside? I mean, that does not increase my joy. All I want to do is run around and tell everybody about it because this is good news. Well, that's exactly what the shepherds are doing. They've received the ultimate good news, the gospel, that there is peace between God and us. And when something like that happens to us, we want to tell others. Because in fact, what happens is the telling of others, the reason we do that is the way God has made things is the actual telling of others completes our own joy. You understand what I'm talking about? When you, there's something about when I finally get to tell somebody else, it's like my joy finally comes to rest. It comes to its complete spot. And it doesn't until I get to tell someone else. It's almost like it's not fully real to me until that very moment. And so the shepherds know that what produces joy in them longs to be passed along to others, and that is precisely what they do. And so I want to encourage us tonight, in just a couple of minutes we're going to take and we're going to pass the candles around and do all that, and we're doing that in part because it's traditional, right? I mean, that's what everybody does. That's kind of how we do it. But there is a a symbolism that's going on there because part of what we're talking about is the gospel we receive and that we celebrate. We want to pass one to another and tell other folks because the reality is, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago on Sunday morning. When you click on the news tonight, is it full of good news or bad news? It's bad news, constantly. Um, You know, I mentioned, I, I swipe left on my iPhone And I don't get today's gospel. I don't get today's good news. I get all the things that are wrong in this world. And it is a broken world. Make no mistake about it. It's a broken world. In the midst of that, if you are a believer, you have the privilege. And I have the privilege to say, you know what? While you're swiping left, and getting bad news, let me swipe right and give you good news. Let me give you some gospel. It's this way because the world is broken, and it's broken because it's out of joint with God who made it. But God has worked to resolve that. And the good news is, you don't have to fix it. It's not up to you and me to save ourselves. God has done that for us in Jesus Christ. So friends, I announced to us tonight good news. The promise is fulfilled. Christ has come. And his coming has brought peace from God to his people. 
we no longer need to fear. If, if you came here tonight and you have struggled and you know ways you have been disobedient to God, here is the good news. You do not need to hide. You do not need to shrink back from God. You can go openly to him. You can confess to him openly and know that Christ has taken care of that for you and I. We can receive the promise with faith because it's true and so we give ourselves over to it. We receive it with joy because we are saved. We are the children of God. We receive it with praise to God because it's something he did, not something I can do. And finally, we get to receive it and then go tell others the good news. I encourage you, as you go out this week, look for opportunities simply in this broken world to tell people, did you know that God loves you? Do you know that God has opened the way to salvation? And there's nothing you need to do about it. God has done it all for you. That is good, good news. So what we're going to do in just a moment to symbolize this for ourselves, we're going to, the group's going to stand back up and we're going to sing Silent Night. I'm going to start lighting the candle and we'll pass it around. Just pass it from one to another. And as you're doing that, think about how the gospel has been passed from the very time these shepherds started doing it and actually all the way from the promise in the Garden of Eden that Adam and Eve passed to their children and it passed on and it has survived across cultures, kingdoms, civilization, millennia. It's passed on from one to another. And the good news is it's brighter than it's ever been. It may not seem that way right now in America, but it is actually brighter than it's ever been. There are people around the world today celebrating this story because people have passed it on one at a time. So we're going to take the time to do that. The team wants to come forward. And um, you can go ahead and let's stand together. And we will sing and then I will come up and we'll conclude with a benediction in just a couple moments. Father, we thank you for how you are such a faithful God. Lord, I thank you that you have kept your promises to us. Lord, I thank you that despite all the times it appeared that darkness would overcome the light, as you had promised. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.